says, I was wondering if you believe in what psychic mediums do. They supposedly, this is parentheses, they supposedly connect with people who have passed on and can relate, can relate messages from deceased loved ones. Uh, do I believe? Yes, I do. I do believe. And When you say you believe, you're not saying you endorse. No, You're saying different. you think that there is something happening. Yeah, there's, yes. And it is not good. Yes. Okay. Yes, I believe that there is something supernatural mm-hmm. about some of them. I know that there's a million fakes. You know, there's a million frauds. Yeah, they're, they're just con, con artists. Yeah. They're just tricking. I do believe that there's a handful that are actually harnessing a supernatural power. So yes, there is a there is a belief, a non-endorsed belief, um, that they are harnessing a supernatural power, and I, I highly discourage it. Um, it is highly discouraged in my faith in Jesus Christ. Chad Warren, guest on the podcast today, reoccurring guest, one of my faves, one of the crowd's faves. People request you now, man. I, I'm super excited to be here. Here's what I'll, I'll say. It is a lot of fun. It is just a lot of fun to come in here, <laughs> and I get excited. We I'm have excited been, to be here. We've been chatting for about an hour before we turned on the mics, and uh, I always do this, man. You come in here, we talk for like a solid hour, and we say some really deep stuff, and I think, this could have been a podcast. <laughs> this could have been a good podcast episode. So we're answering questions today. This is what we do a lot of times on this podcast. If you have anything for me, email grangersmithpodcast at gmail.com. Could be any kind of question. Could be a shout out. Could be a, um, hey, you could just be, say it's my birthday and I want you guys to say happy birthday. We could do that. Um, we these, these questions have been rolling in for about a year now and they are all over the place. We're talking relationship questions, life questions, um, deep questions about God or or questions about football or music or I mean it's all over the place and I'm going to dive in I'm, you know me I like to start off with a couple couple soft pitches here so this first one says hey Granger my name is James I met you the other night in Lafayette Louisiana it was great to meet you before the show it was it was an awesome night I got to stand in front, on the front row and fish bump you and get a guitar pick it said it was great but I'm 14 years old and I want to pl- learn how to play guitar I've wanted to ask you if you have any tips for learning how to play. I've already have a guitar. I just want to learn to play it. I love your podcast and music. Thanks. Well, James, shout out to Louisiana. Thanks for writing in, buddy. 14. Do you play any instruments? I play guitar. I thought you did. Mandolin. And I was forced to take piano lessons back in the day. Okay. Okay. But I'm grateful for it because I learned the scales and kind of note placement and things like that. Do you remember how you first started playing? For for James's sake, uh, I yes. So we had a classical guitar. Yep, an that's old, how I old Gibson, and so you learn a lot about kind of yeah dexterity and and finger picking things like that. And but I couldn't wait to get to a steel string and then eventually a, an electric guitar. Do you remember how the the first how it first started for you? Was it was it a book? For me, it was a book. Uh, for me, it was lessons, and it was a guy named Larry, if he's out there. <laughs> Larry in Montana? Larry in Montana, and he talked about himself in the third person. Okay. Like, I remember <laughs> we were, were sitting in this room, just me and Larry, 
and we're sitting there and I've got my guitar and he's facing me and he says, okay, now Larry's going to play a G. Ooh. And I was like, it's creepy. Who's, oh, you're Larry. Got it. Okay. <laughs> it's then he's like, okay, now Larry's going to do, and I, it was the strangest, okay. but I learned a G chord. Okay. And it was a lot of scales. Okay. A lot of finger scales. But for me, it was, um, I learned at actually, you said you're 14. I learned at 14 and I pulled the, it was because some friends of mine were playing guitar in middle school and I just thought it was the coolest thing. So I thought, I want to do that. And the girls liked it when the guys could play guitar. So I thought, that's cool. No yeah. girl looked at me. So I thought maybe one will look at me if I play guitar. So there was one in my closet from my grandmother it was actually classical, which is great. And I, and it's kind of the point I want to make here in a second. They have nylon strings and they, they don't hurt your fingers as bad as the steel strings do. They're a lot softer. Right. Getting those calluses. Yeah. And it feel like they're, the strings are, are further from the neck. Yeah. Like they're higher up. Yeah, so you've got to be higher. very intentional about yeah. fret placement. Yeah. So I, I learned there was a book inside the guitar case and this was a guitar inside because my grandmother tried to play it and didn't and put it in our house. So there was a book in there, and it said where to put. It had a fretboard and little dots, and so I just looked at the page and lined up my fingers to where the where the dots were lined up. And if you do that, all you have to do is learn three chords, and you could play a song. Essentially, just two chords you could play. If you learn E and A, very simple positions. E and A are the first things I learned, and you could play a full song just E and A back and forth. Um, but when you learn three chords and you learn a D, then you could play a full, any song you hear on the radio pretty much. Mm -hmm. Um, But that being said, today YouTube is around. Mm -hmm. YouTube is such a great source for learning instruments. So you could do it free. You don't have to go see Larry and listen to him talking to third person. You could watch YouTube. And I remember a big step was I was good at playing as long as there was no other things happening like keeping rhythm and staying on track and then learning to play and sing at the same time. Mm-hmm. That was a major hurdle for me. Yeah. And you don't have to do that right away. Learn no. the guitar first decently, and then you'll just want to sing along with the guitar. Um, so you're on the right path, James. The first thing that you need is you need to want to do it. And then you, you need a guitar. And then you, need, and you have both of that. <laughs> you're ready. Yeah. But, but this is what I was going to say earlier, though. What you can do, though, with your guitar is you could take it to a local shop and have them put nylon strings on your acoustic guitar. And they're going to think you're crazy. And you can say, Granger Smith told me to do it on a podcast. But I've done it many times. You could take the steel strings off your guitar, replace it with nylon strings, and it, it allows you to play longer periods of time without it hurting because your, your fingers' tips right now are just soft. They don't have any calluses. So you don't want that to be to inhibit your learning because it hurts. You, you don't want that. But um, right back in, James, try this out, and and right back in, let's get a, an update from you. Let's go to another question. I'm going to try to get another. Okay, here we go. Here's another softball. Hey, Granger, this isn't necessarily a podcast question. I'm reading it on the podcast. It said, I'm in the market for a new smartwatch. I saw yours on an episode of The Smiths. So I'm just wondering what model it is. I, re- I get this question all the time. And it, people don't realize it's just an Apple Watch. But and it looks just like an Apple Watch. you're a commando. Right. It mm, just has like a it could... has a case that I got for fourteen dollars on Amazon. This little strap, 
this band and it's just it's strong it doesn't it protects it more even though it's cheap but i love the apple watch um it took me a while to get in the rhythm of it but once i got in the rhythm of it the alarm is probably my favorite thing it vibrates so mm -hmm. i can get up before my wife and she doesn't hear me get up she doesn't hear the alarm go off um so then i have i have the the temperature outside always on my face my watch face which is great because i wake up in a new city and oh. before i get dressed i can be like, oh it's 42 degrees it's, outside yeah yeah i need a, need a hoodie you. Um, and then i also this face has this and all the apple watch faces are free but this one has the ability to see where the sun is in the sky and i could i could track it like this and go well the sun what? broke it broke the horizon at 626 this morning and it's going to be it's going to hit the horizon again at 8 12 p.m which that's probably helpful for hunting when you know Very 30 minutes prior to yes. first light and after and so the night before you go on a hunt you go what time should i set my alarm we want to be in the blind or the out in the field wherever you're going 30 minutes before the sun boom there there it mm -hmm. is the sun comes up it's nice whatever so yeah you have a you have a smartwatch? Uh, I don't have it on today. You usually have the Garmin, right? I do have the Garmin, yeah. and for me, it was a I don't need a smartwatch as much as I needed a fitness tracker, right. which it's different. I would say absolutely the Apple is probably the the best smartwatch out there, but in terms of tracking fitness, uh, it has some like my wife has a an Apple Watch, and so we'll both do a workout, and I'm tracking heart rate, uh, intermittent heart rate, respiratory. I can track all kinds of things and see stats for days on, like, I remember going for a run and it told me that I spent more time on my left foot than on my right <laughs> foot. So all kinds of cool things. My wife and I do the same workout. We finish and maybe it's a 15 minute workout. It says that she's only been active for like a minute and a half. Interesting. And she does the whole Apple Fit, yeah. the little circles. So I think Apple's an incredible smartwatch, but I think there are better fitness trackers. So it depends on what your I, goal is. I agree. Is. I, I've had a Garmin before. Parker actually wears it now, but um, it's also it just it's the best in the field for for GPS. Yep. So if you're hiking, yeah, you want altitude, to track altitude, barometric pressure. Yeah, it can snow skiing, anything in the mountains. Garmin corners the market. They they are the best. Um, Apple is going to depend on um, your cell service, and the the Garmin depends on just satellite. It picks up the satellites, so it doesn't need yeah. a cell tower at all. You ready to get into this? Those were nice, just kind of soft on ramps into. Mm -hmm. Are we getting mm -hmm. crazy serious? I'm not. Gonna, well, you're going to pick. Oh, this okay. is what we do. We're this gonna... is kind of a newer development. It's a newer development. When I first started, not that I'm like a seasoned vet. But. So uh, let me say a couple things. One, it, when you email GrangerSmithPodcast at gmail.com, try, you don't have to, but please try to make it readable and shorter. If it's a novel, it's really hard to put on the mm. podcast. And the second thing is, please don't send them twice. I know that a lot of you guys, I could recognize some of your names, are sending it multiple times in hopes that, you know, it, you're going to just put another ball in the and the bingo and the hopper hopper <laughs> so um please don't do that because it, it it messes me up a little bit i'm put everybody's email in the queue so don't worry if you haven't heard it yet it's just in the queue so um 
here's a couple for you, Chad. Hey, Granger, need some advice? Um, two light questions of faith and music. No real friends. Psychic mediums. Going against the grain. Any of those pop out? Didn't Garth Brooks have a song going against, against the, the grain? grain? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Folks call me the Maverick. It was uh, it was um, the name of the album, Against the Grain. Okay. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Well, we've talked a lot about that. Let's. Do I'm that sorry, one. it was not. That was roping rope rope in the, the wind. wind. In the out, the song was called Against the Grain. Have you ever had Garth on this? No, no, I have not. No. We should have him on here. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't. I don't think Garth would do good on this podcast. He'd be too nice to everybody. Yeah, he's he's he a would, nice guy. He would agree I've never with met him, everybody. But he seems like a nice guy. He's very guy. agreeable. Really? Yeah. That's fun. Anything any So I, in order to be good on this podcast, you kinda have to You gotta be a little you gotta ruffle some feathers. Not necessarily, but you know me and you you're you're straight up. We, we like punches. to be honest. Yeah. We want to be honest here. Yeah, around a campfire you can't always you can't always be butterflies and bunnies. We have to read against the grain now. Okay. We because will. we we brought it up. So it's hey Granger, just recently started to find out about you and your company and your music. Um and I cannot be happier to have found you. Thank you. So my name is Sam. I'm 19 years old. I'm from a small city in Massachusetts. My question to you is going against the grain or finding your own path. Is it worth it? Because everyone I know from my school went to college and wants to be a plumber. And I want to be a plumber. Do you have any advice? So everyone in your school is going to college, but you want to go against the grain and not go to college and be a plumber. I mean, that. I don't see anything wrong with being a plumber. That the plumbers make really good money and are in high demand. Yes, especially and today. You're always glad when you need a plumber and there's a plumber available. You're Absolutely. always like, oh, praise the Lord. Especially during that ice storm. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> dude. Yeah, yeah. Sam. Um, what's awesome about this email is that you already know what you want to do, and probably most of your friends that are going to college don't know yet, and so. The, that that's the default is going to college, which is a good thing. If you don't know what to do, get some more education and you'll figure it out on the way. You want to be a plumber, yeah. dude. I think um, I think that's awesome. It, you could also go to some kind of tech school for plumbing, right? Yeah, and um, it's probably like a journeyman or some sort of kind of process where you study and train. And I mean, I don't know, but it seems like if you think about why most of the people are wanting to go to college, it's so that they can figure out what they want to be when they grow up. Right. If you already know that, you save a yep. ton of time and money. Uh, my nephew is has decided he's in his senior year. I think he's going into a senior year of high school. He's already decided he wants to be an electrician. Uh, his sisters both went to college, but he's just like, you know what? I just, I want to be an electrician and he loves it. And so he's already started right now in high school working with a local electrician and getting experience and he just loves it. And he's going to save a ton of time and money and just get going, making a difference in the world through being an electrician. I think you can do the same thing. Absolutely. So my question is, my question to you is going against the grain or finding your own path worth it? Yes. For you, yes. Not always. If you're if you're talking about painting your fingernails black, I'd probably say pump the brakes a little bit. But yeah, <laughs> yeah it's like what's your what's your end game? Yeah, like, your why end game, do you want to go against your the end game? game? Is right. Yeah. How about um, I just pulled this one up? Lost at seventeen. Ooh, yeah. Hey Granger, I'm a seventeen year old from New Hampshire who's currently taking my GED. 
I have very big goals for my life, but I don't know how to get to where I want to be. Do you have any advice on how to chase your dreams? Is there any advice on how to just feel like I'm doing right by myself and by my family? I want to feel like I'm making myself and my family proud. I love the podcast and the music. Sincerely, a lost teenager. There's definitely like three questions in there. Yeah. There's, you know, how do you, how do you achieve a goal? Mm -hmm. Um, And then doing right by your family or, or, um, yeah, honoring your family and their reputation. It's great that he cares about that. Yeah. You're not so lost, buddy. You might feel lost, but you're writing emails like you're, you're on a a really good track here. You're asking the right questions, which is a great starting place. Yeah. We, I want to start this by just saying it's 17. There's just a lost feeling that just goes with that being 17 because you're coming out of adolescence and into manhood. So anytime you're making that transition out of adolescence and into manhood, you're going to feel like you're in uncharted waters. You're in a new territory here. And when you're in uncharted waters, what do you feel? A little bit lost. So the, there is a natural feeling. Like if you were saying this and you were 40 or 35, we've got a deeper issue of being lost at 35. But lost at 17 is kind of normal. So if anyone's – let me say this too. A lot of people write similar questions. And so if you don't hear your specific question answered, you're going to find yourself in some of these. And there's a lot of lost teenagers that, that email this podcast. And I could kind of speak to all that by saying – if you're 15 through 19 and you're feeling lost, don't worry right mm-hmm. now. Don't worry. Um, that's pretty natural. Yeah. And I would say that, you know, for for guys especially, we put a lot of emphasis on what we do and how that relates to our value. Right? If My occupation, yep. my career, if I've made a name for myself, um, how I, you know— what I'm able to contribute to society, and there's a lot of there's a lot of value placed on that, and we got to be careful that we don't find our identity in that or our actual value as a human being in what we do. Then where do you see that social media? Mm-hmm. You see that that value placement happen through social media, where you see that guy is doing this and he is successful. I'm doing this and I'm not. I'm lesser value, mm-hmm. right? And even like when you meet somebody new, you're like, hey, my name is so-and-so. What do you do? The Mm. question is, what is your occupation? There's an association when you first meet somebody that I can fill in the blanks about who they are based on what they do. And I think that's a danger. So at the age of 17, um, the questions, I think you're asking good questions to kind of dial in on your goals, uh, whether they're appropriate goals, honoring family, those kind of things come out of figuring out kind of what you're wired to do. So you're going to assess passion, skills, uh, opportunities, maybe what you've been equipped with or trained with or what you find yourself doing anyway, what people around you affirm that you're good at, uh, and what resources you have. Those all are going to play a role in setting trajectory, identifying goal, and you'll also identify are there other things, you know, as you look towards that that end goal that you need to, to make sure are in in the picture. And you're asking any advice on how 
to do right by myself and by my family. I just want to feel like I'm making myself and my family proud. So that that's going to relate always back to work ethic, integrity, honesty. These are core moral values that Christians find in the Bible. And where are you where's your moral compass? Where are you basing your being right, doing right? What does that word mean to you? It's something you're going to think about at 17. That's it's a great thing to to think about. What is right? What is right? Now, I'm going to tell you that that right is being honest, making an honest living, um, working hard, um, treating others right, good, treating others well, you know, treating others as you would want yourself treated. You do that. It doesn't matter how much money you make. It doesn't matter your career status. It doesn't matter mm-hmm. how many followers you have on Facebook. If you're doing that, then that's how you answer your question, making yourself and your family proud. Your family is proud of you because you're a good kid, you're honest, you work hard, you're passionate, you're a man of integrity. Those are things that your family goes, yeah, very proud of my son, right? Yeah, and what's cool about what you're saying is it doesn't matter what your occupation or what you're actually doing, it's how you're doing it that represents and Mm. reflects on your family and it's honesty, integrity, you know, doing what you say you're going to do, um, showing up on time, like completing the task, maybe going above and beyond. Like these are things that regardless of what you put your hand to, it's the, how you do it. That's going to make it's not what you do. It's how you do it. I love that, Chad. I think of myself sometimes every once in a while, I'll drive by like Burger King and the stop pops in my head. Like I kind of, I kind of want to work there. I kind of want to work there in in the kitchen just to see how I could move up in the chain of Burger King. Mm. And and that means just what Chad said, showing up on time to Burger King, make an impression with the manager, making every burger perfect. You know, doing the job that you're supposed to do really well. Taking mm-hmm. pride in making that burger and and cleaning up your area and being nice to customers, being in a good mood. And it's so interesting to think that if you did all of those things day by day by day, how long it would take you to become manager mm-hmm. and then how long it would take you to, to be a regional manager and maybe own a franchise or two. Yeah. It's an interesting thought. Yeah. Um, you're asking all the right questions. You're not a lost teenager. You're right on track, buddy. All right, let's do, we got, we got time on this segment for another. Um, I have, what should I do? I have dating as an adult. I have personal problem. Dude, dating as an adult. Dating that seems kind of... Let's pop it out there. We've, we've dealt with a lot of teenage oh, questions. Listen, listen how he starts this. <clears throat> hey, Granger, and hopefully Chad. Really? <laughs> right on. Who is, who is this? It's, uh, it's Greg. Greg, shout out. He says, I'm 32. I've been single for roughly seven years. Because of your podcast... I've been on a journey recently to better myself. I found a group of peers in my area that go country dancing a few times a week. I've grown into friends. They have grown into friends over the last few weeks that have been um, that have been a really good group of friends. We went to one of the country dance clubs here in Phoenix recently. I was able to get the attention of one of the shot girls. We've been texting, but it's sporadic and short-lived. I found out she was talking to another guy 
but she wants to see where this goes with me. I know you and I know from you and Amber that Amber was sort of seeing someone when you met. I realized that um, we just met, and there's no way for me to have any sort of feelings about this because we just met. But is there any advice that says, Greg Patterson, Psalm 23. So he needs you on here for a reason, Chad. So this is awesome. You're sitting here. Um, so yet to, to answer the Amber thing, when I met Amber, she was kind of dating a guy. They weren't, she'll tell you they weren't serious, but they were kind of dating. And I've looked at that often and thought, well, usually the girls that are worth it are at least seeing somebody or, 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 you know, they're on the market, you know? So what I told Amber, what happened when I knew that she had been talking to a guy and this was around Valentine's day when we met, I told her, I just, cause she said, I have feelings for you. Is it, is this real? Are these feelings real? And I said, they are for me too, but you have been talking to this guy. So in respect for him, you need to just call him and say, I need to completely cut it off because regardless of if anything happens with me and you, Mm. this is a sign that you're you have a wondering eye from this guy. And so Amber's like, yeah, I agree. So I said, regardless of if we ever see each other again, you should break it off with this guy and just be single. So she did. And, um, about four weeks after she did that, cause she texted me that she did the next day, about four weeks after that was when we had our first coffee at Starbucks. And, um, and I felt, I felt good about it. It wasn't like, it, it wasn't like she was dating somebody and then wanted to try me and see if that worked. You know, it was, I let a month go by. So anyway, that's, our, that's our story. And that's probably what you heard before. Um, and I don't know necessarily this, this shot, the story of the shot girl in a Phoenix uh, dance club. What would, what would you say to him? I, I mean, I have, my wife and I, before we got married and met or, or and were dating, we were both dating other people when we first met. So that's another example of it. Yeah, yep. and we were hanging out in a large group of friends, and we happened to meet each other. We had some great conversation, and I thought, man, she is really something else. And then I felt bad, like, wait a minute, yeah, I'm in a relationship. So yeah. it wasn't for a – and so my relationship took its course, hers took its course, and then it was a year later that we then kind of rekindled and got together. And, man, once we started hanging out, it was any and every excuse to see each other again, like in, mm-hmm. my, in my book. And mm-hmm. But I think that the key here, if as you hang out in groups and you identify – because by the time you're 30, you're kind of done with the game. Exactly. You're not trying to figure out who you are and who you like and who you're compatible with, usually. Uh, you've you've had enough friendships and you've done enough life that you kind of have figured out your likes and dislikes. And so if there's enough compatibility with you and this girl, and if you, if you can't figure that out unless you have a few more uh, times of hanging out and going on dates, then I would say, yeah. Uh, pursue, but yeah, I, th- I pursue. think it's on you to pursue, not for you to wait for a sign that you might have a shot. I think you you pursue. You go and say, "Hey, I I like you. I'm this is a. I just want to see if yeah, if we enjoy yeah. time together." Yeah, you're right. And I so Greg, I would say the same thing for you. I would say that I said to Amber, I would go to this girl and say, 
listen, I like you. I think there's something there's something really special between us. Um, the fact that you're talking to a guy and you say she, you want to see where this goes between us, the fact that you're even saying that, you should cut it off with this guy. It's the same thing I told Amber because it's not fair to that guy and it's saying something about how you really feel about him. You're obvi- obviously, she obviously doesn't really. Yeah, there's a level of discontent <laughs> yeah. or not quite enough that yeah. she's even willing to consider other options. Yeah, and if she doesn't agree <clears throat> to that, move on. Yeah. Pursuit over. If she says, I kind of wanted to see if you're better than this guy, and if you're not, I'll go back to him. It's a bad sign. Yeah, bad you don't want to be in an, <laughs> you're not in an audition. Like, yeah, it's yeah, just a not, bad not scenario. American Idol. Yeah. So, yeah, that, that's. Uh, that's your call to action, buddy. Right back in and tell me and Chad what happened. Yeah. We're going to take a break. Be right back. Podcast today is brought to you in part by Uncommon Goods. Uncommon Goods is, uh, honestly, you just have to check it out yourself. It's an online shop filled with unique Totally unexpected gifts, and when I say unexpected, I mean truly original things you won't find anywhere else. And with Father's Day coming up on June 20th, don't forget, now's the perfect time to check out the site. This is the place that you want to go. If you have a unique dad, you probably do, that has that goes out and gets things for himself that he needs, and you just, because he does that, you don't know what to get him. This is a really cool place to get an original gift that he's not going to find anywhere else. He's going to have no idea where you got it. Uncommon Goods is the place to go for thoughtful, original gifts for everyone in your life. When you shop at Uncommon Goods, you're supporting artists and small, independent businesses. Uncommon Goods looks for products that are high quality, unique, and often handmade or made in the U.S. They don't sell products made with leather, fur, or feathers, or any of that other kind of stuff. It's a Brooklyn-based company that's all about giving back. With every purchase you make at Uncommon Goods, they give $1 to a nonprofit of your choice. They've donated more than $2.5 million to date. To get 15% off your next gift, go to uncommongoods.com slash Granger. That's uncommongoods.com slash Granger for 15% off. Don't miss out on this limited time offer. Uncommon Goods, we're all out of the ordinary. Podcast is also brought to you by one of our regulars, Ship Station. If you sell stuff online, you're definitely in the right business. More people are shopping online right now than ever. That means a lot of orders are coming in, and a lot of orders you'll need to ship out fast. That's why online sellers like you need Ship Station. No matter how much you sell, Ship Station makes it super easy to manage and ship all of your orders for all of your sales faster, cheaper, and more efficiently. Import orders from any sales channel. Ship with any carrier. Access discounted shipping rates. Automate just about any shipping task. You'll spend a lot less time doing all the mundane stuff that you don't want to do and a lot more time growing your business. No matter what you're selling, Amazon, Etsy, your own website, ShipStation funnels all your orders into one simple interface that you could manage from anywhere even your cell phone, which is great for me. That's, I'm not that techie. You'll even get access to amazing discounts with major carriers, including UPS, FedEx, USPS. Easily compare carriers and choose the best 
solution every single time. With ShipStation, small businesses can access the same rates, usually reserved for the big Fortune 500 companies, without small contracts or commitments. Or excuse me, without any contracts or commitments. It's no wonder that ShipStation has more five-star reviews than any other shipping software, and it's no re- no wonder why Yee Yee Apparel uses it too. So. Ship more in less time. Just use my offer code Granger to get a 60-day free trial. That's two months free of no-hassle, stress-free shipping. Go to ShipStation.com. Click on the microphone at the top of the page and type in Granger. That's ShipStation.com. Enter the offer code Granger. Make ship happen. And finally, the podcast is brought to you by Decked. This is a new product that we're talking about here at Yee Yee Apparel and on the Granger Smith podcast. If you own a truck, you know what it's like to have your stuff rattling around in the cab or under the seat. You know what a pain it is to keep organized. Not only that, but everything you put in your truck bed is unsecured and exposed to the elements. That's why for my truck, I just got the decked drawer system. I just checked this out. Literally today, this was this was a coincidence that I'm reading this on the podcast, and we just got home from a little tour, and what was waiting in the cardboard box out there outside of Yigi Apparel, this new deck system. So Bull and Butch and I, my two bus drivers, we got together and unboxed it and put it together, and it's, it's, it's really awesome. I've never seen anything like it. Dex makes organizing, accessing, protecting, and securing everything you need much easier. Decked has a true 2,000-pound payload capacity load floor. The drawers slide in underneath the load floor, plus they're weatherproof, protecting your stuff for the elements and theft. So these drawers, it's basically this system that goes in your truck bed, and it goes about three-fourths of the way up in your truck bed. So you still have the bed itself, and you got a deck on top you could still use as your normal bed, but underneath that deck... It has all these compartments and these massive drawers that go the, the entire length of the of the bed. And these these drawers are super strong and they roll. They're really good little little wheels that they roll on. Super sturdy. Me and Butch and Bull were, were amazed by this. The decked drawer system keeps your gear secure, out of sight, out of mind. If your tailgate is locked, you can't open the drawers and you can't remove the system. The drawers lock and they're available to, for added security and peace of mind. Deck also offers a full line of segmented storage organizational accessories like various toolboxes, bags, cargo tie-downs, and other handy items for maximum efficiency, both of space and time. The decked drawer system is 100% made in the USA, backed by a three-year no-hassle warranty with a second-to-none customer service team ready to answer all your questions. Get your decked drawer system at Decked. That's D-E-C-K-E-D dot com slash Granger and get free shipping. That's deck.com slash Granger for free shipping on your decked drawer system. Deck.com slash Granger. Before I stop these ads, before I, before I go back to the podcast, I got to tell you all too. Yee Apparel Summer Launch coming up this week on Friday. Yee Apparel Summer Launch. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to make sure I'm saying that on the, on the right date. What's today? Yep. That's coming Friday, June 18th. Yee Yee Pearl Summer Launch, 10 a.m. Back to the podcast. Yee Yee. All right, let's dig into this. We have, this one says, ever thought about making gospel music? Question mark. Ooh. What should I do? Personal problem? No real friends. Um, psychic mediums. I definitely want to get that to, to that mm. at some point today. Question for the podcast. Any of those pop out? 
I want to hear your take on gospel music, <laughs> okay. and then okay, we this, can get into other stuff. This comes up a lot. It says, hey, Granger, my name is David. I'm 19 years old from North Carolina. Shout out to North Carolina. As a kid, I grew up in church and listening to Southern gospel. So happens I'm going to school to be a youth pastor and Bible teacher in Florida. I was wondering if you thought about making a gospel album or something along those lines. I've been showing you to a lot of my ministry buddies in, in your podcast and I may have got a couple of city slickers uh, addicted along with me. Um, would love to hear back from you. Thanks for what you do. You're changing lives. Yee yee. Well, thank you, David. I appreciate that, buddy, very much. Um, here's a 19-year-old that doesn't seem lost at all. He's dialed in. He's dialed in. Speaking like a, a much older man here. Mm. Um, yeah, this question comes up a lot, and I'm never really sure how to answer it. But I do get this question, will you sing gospel music or worship music or make a worship or gospel album? Um, and I don't I don't know because this is, and I think I've said this maybe before, it starts with a song. Mm-hmm. Any album in my life always starts with a song, and a song will usually dictate the mood of the forthcoming album. Hmm. So, And so for you, is that a... There is a a story that that shapes into a lyric that you then put music to. Like, how does when you say it starts with a song? Mm-hmm. Is it there's there's something that you need to express, and so there is a song that comes out of that, and then it more songs come. Like, what do you mean by that? So, in a season where, like I'm exactly like I'm in right now, that's a season after an album release. Mm-hmm. We're about six months. For, fast forward from the last release. So this is about the season when I'll start thinking, somebody will say something, I'll read a title or something in a book, and I'll think, that would be a great song. And then eventually I will write, I'll start a, a writing, and then as I get one that I really like, I'll think, wow, this is this is, this is cool. This is a new version of me. This is the newest version of me. Hmm. And then from that can spawn an entire album of songs in that same vein, that same thread. So when I think of, of a, a gospel album or a gospel song or a worship song, when I think of that, I a lot of my songs talk about God through the lens of a, you know, a, a life. But a worship or gospel song is the opposite. It's, it is God in the song. The lyrics are are um, textual to the scripture. A lot of times, they're, they're inspired from God or from the actual Bible. So there's a difference. What I'm trying to say is there's a difference between God being in a song and God being the song. And for you, gospel music, it's already been written. Like, so are you? Is there a sense in which if you did a gospel album, you're covering? No, that's a good question. Songs that are already written. That's a good. That's a good question, and maybe you... that's what he means. Maybe he's not talking about writing. Maybe he's talking about me covering and actually performing, like Amazing Grace, Amazing or Grace, and a list of all fly away songs. Or... Yeah, hmm. um, I, I still don't even know how to answer that. Besides the fact that it's still, even if I didn't write it, would start with a song. If I recorded Amazing Grace and just thought, "This is cool. This is banjo and acoustic and piano." Never heard Amazing Grace like this. Maybe I should make a whole album like this. That would be still starting from a song. But I'm not opposed 
to actually writing a worship song either. It just hasn't happened yet. And I, and that would happen knowing my brain from a title, probably reading a title, seeing something in scripture, hearing, hearing something from this podcast and a question and going, whew, it'd be a really good worship song. And then if I wrote it and recorded it and put it out and, and felt something from that, then, then I would consider maybe I should write four or five more of these. So anyway, that's a long way of saying, I don't know. I think I you know. should get by a campfire, your guitar, your family, and you guys just rock just a favorite hymn, just acoustic style. Throw that on, on YouTube comment and just below see what idea. happens. I bet you. And if, if you comment below, <laughs> put in your like your picks. Like what would be the gospel song preference that you would love for this voice to vocalize? That would be like, cool. For this voice to mess that song up. Let me I know. want my pick is nothing but the blood. Mm. <laughs> oh yeah, that's good. All right. Um we gotta go to I'm just the psychic medium thing, man. Okay. I, I love I love <clears throat> these kind of questions. So I'm gonna have trouble with this name. Oh, actually, he, he says it right here. He says, hello, Mr. Smith. I don't feel like it's respectable to call someone who is old enough to be my father by the first name. You can, buddy. You can. But thank you for that. It says, my name is, um, it says, pronounced ye with a short I. Ye. Yehuda. Hmm. Yehuda. Yehuda Manovic. I'm 15 years old, and I'm Jewish, and I love everything that you do. You and your family are great inspiration to me. Thank you, Yehuda. Says, I was wondering if you believe in what psychic mediums do. They supposedly, this is parentheses, they supposedly connect with people who have passed on and can relate, can relate messages from deceased loved ones. A great example is Matt Fraser. You could check out his YouTube channel called Matt Fraser or Fraser. 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 He's the five time world fittest man, according to CrossFit. Oh, okay. And if you do believe in them, would you consider meeting one or having messages relayed over to you? Thanks, Yeshuda. P.S. Um, I love I love building things automotive. I'm also a mechanic, and I love watching Earl's truck come together. So, dude, um, thanks, man. Thanks for the question. I don't know if you did you say where he's from. Didn't say where he's from. Um, but fifteen, Jewish. Asking about psychic mediums. So let me dig in kind of one at a time here with Chad on your questions. Um, if one question is, do you believe in them? One question is, would you consider meeting with one? And yes. Uh, do I believe? Yes, I do. I do believe. Would I consider meeting? No, absolutely not. It's forbidden. Um, it's actually forbidden in your, your beliefs as well. And when you say you believe, you're not saying you endorse. No, you're that's saying different. you think that there is something happening. Yeah, there's yes, and it is not good. Yes. Okay. Yes, I believe that there is something supernatural mm -hmm. about some of them. I know that there's a million fakes. Yeah, you know, there's a million frauds. Yeah, they're, they're just con, con artists. artists. Yeah. They're just tricking. But I do believe there's a handful. I don't know Matt Frazier. I do believe that there's a handful that are actually harnessing a supernatural power. And, and Matt it, Fraser may be a different Matt Fraser, but maybe, the Matt Fraser I know maybe. is an athlete. Um, so, yes, there is a there is a belief, a non-endorsed belief, 
um, that they are harnessing a supernatural power, and I, I highly discourage it. Um, it is highly discouraged in my faith in Jesus Christ. Um, notice I avoided religion in mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. in that phrase. Um, here's here's something I want to say to this, and then I'll let Chad. I'll just unleash Chad. Um, you say supposedly they connect people with people. They connect you with people who have passed on. So that's that's what I do not believe. That's, that's the part I do not believe. I do believe there is a supernatural power, but I believe who you're talking to is not who you think you're talking to. Mm-hmm. That's just my personal belief. But we do know from the Bible that the dead have no business on earth once they pass on. There are a few Old Testament examples of yeah. them of someone that has passed on coming back. To yes, speak. and there are parables in the New Testament that reference that as examples. Right. And they're kind of scenarios trying to guess at what Jesus you know, might do or, or what might happen. But, um, yeah, so I think you're spot on. There, There is something going on in, in some cases. So sometimes it is just pure manipulation, human manipulation. I think there are ways in which they're – are supernatural forces that are not for your good. They are for uh, their good and your destruction, and they will deceive, and they don't represent truth. Uh, but they they do have a way to make you experience or feel like you're talking to dead people. But I, I would say just we would call that demonic activity versus godly activity. So when we talk supernatural, we're talking about Things beyond the natural realm, uh, things beyond what we can experience with our five senses, that there is a belief within the Christian worldview that there is a supernatural element to our reality. And in that world, there are those that are for God, and there are those that are against God. And those that are pitted against God uh, by their own choice, are, are you, any interaction they have with the physical realm is in an effort to draw people away from God. Yeah. And so yeah. that, that's, and there's no demonstration in the scriptures of God working or, or operating in that way in order to reveal himself. Yeah. Yeah. It is, um, it is very specifically forbidden um, to visit for, for a believer in Christ to visit a psychic medium um, those words are specific. They are undisputed. There's, there is no, um, there's no bad translation from the Greek or any misconception and what that might mean. So there is, and, and I used you, you said I'm 15 years old and I'm Jewish. I'm not sure if that Jewish, cause sometimes Jewish means heritage only mm. and not practicing religion. Sometimes there's a difference when you, when you're talking about, um, Jewish, but, um, but I will bring up that it is forbidden for Jews as well. And I think uh, there is another component to consider, and, and I, have, I have witnessed this, is that by engaging in mediums, uh, fortune tellers, palm readers, whatever you want to call uh, that, it, you are opening yourself and granting access to very dark influences Mm. that you've given your you've given access to them and now they they have a um opportunity and even the the right to be there in your life influencing you and so 
it is absolutely, absolutely dangerous. Yeah. Uh, do not open yourself up and, and grant access to any kind of um, dark influence like that. Yeah. I want to add just one more little thing, and this, is, this might offend some people, but I also completely um, disagree with any of our dead friends or relatives ever coming back and speaking to us in any way. Not that it's not possible, but I just, I highly discourage thinking that way or looking, looking at a bird that is our dead grandma that's coming to tweet at, at our window and say that everything's okay. I just, guys, grandma's fine. <laughs> She's fine. <laughs> She's not thinking about uh, coming and tweeting in your window as a, as a blue jay or something. So, um, that's a whole nother kind of Twitter. A, yeah. I mean, that's a totally different <laughs> that's a kind of different tweet. <laughs> oh, sorry. I don't mean to, I don't mean to laugh at something so serious, but because I know a lot of people really crave that, crave the signs of nature to speak to them as if a dead relative is speaking through an animal or a cloud or guys are just, um, that's all human conception. It's all in our minds that we, build these things out of our semi delusion, but, but that's just not what, it's not what the Bible says. Um, in fact, it's not what any of the Abrahamic religions say, if we want to even go there, um, Hmm. the dead have no place on earth and they're, they're too busy being full of joy and, and to, to come and, and deal with the sadness and the anxiety and the, the affliction that we have here. So, um, that's probably way more than you you're asking for, but, but I do like it because my, my short answer is I want no part of that. We should lighten the load, Chad. Yeah, that was, that was heavy. Um, how about, how about here? Two light questions, faith and music. Hey Granger, my name is Jeff. I'm from Modesto, California, center of almond country. Love it. My fiance and I are reacquainting ourselves with faith this year. We're going to try to read the Bible in a year with an app, and this will help both of us connect with faith and a different topic to talk about. So the light part of my question is, one, NIV or American Standard. Two, other than old country, what newer artists do you like to play um, on your way to the Yigi farm? Let me start with two. Um, I'll just be as boring as possible and say that I don't, I just don't listen to uh, the radio on the way to the Yee farm. I'm usually um, catching up on a podcast or um, studying something and or listening to an audio book. Super boring, but I don't, I just don't listen to, um, I don't listen to newer country when I'm driving. Newer country reminds me of work. And hmm. I, I hate that. I hate that that's what's happened to me. But like, if I'm in an Uber and they're like, "What do you want to listen to?" and they turn on country, I think that we're who we're touring with, or when I'm going to see that guy next, or the song, the co-writer that wrote that song, and those friends of mine. And I just think I think business, or even worse, I think about the chart positioning. Yeah, do you get competitive? <laughs> You're like, "Oh, yeah, that's a good song. I, I wish I would have thought of that." I, absolutely, yeah. Hmm. Um, so then we'll kick it over to Chad here. NIV or the American Standard Version. I actually read, I don't read either um, consistently, but I do do really like the NIV. I don't think I'm too familiar with the American 
the standard American version. But I have read a lot of the NIV, and I like, I really like that translation. But I'm an, I'm an ESV guy personally. Yeah. yeah, the American Standard Bible, um, not as familiar with. I very familiar with the New American Standard um, and the NIV. Those were um, both translations that were familiar to me when I first came uh, to follow Christ. And I, I would say that um, NIV is a it's a it's a translation that I will frequent when I'm hanging out in the Old Testament because mm. the the translation philosophy behind the NIV is more uh, thought for thought rather than a word for word translation. In right. Hebrew, the way that the Hebrew authors and poetry and the the way that they uh, told stories and described things is very different than than Greek, which is what the New Testament. Um, is originally written in. And so you've got Hebrew versus Greek. And Greek is a much more linear and technical kind of way of of doing things. And so more word-for-word translations are going to help you there. But understanding thought-for-thought translations, NIV is really good at that. What's your main version? Uh, The the version that I frequent the most would be English Standard Version, the ESV. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's me too. There's a couple of... of, um exceptions i'm i'm all esv it's like actually like chad said the most frequented version but i I do like some things that the niv says for instance i like come to me all you who are weary and burdened i just like weary and burdened Mm. sometimes it says things that i feel as opposed to heavy laden Mm -hmm. esv says heavy laden yeah but i hear weary and burdened it's just kind of poetic and that's the thought by thought that you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Um, this is a good a good place for me and you to just quickly talk to talk to a translation conversation about where these come from and why they exist and are they is it the game of telephone? We could never say that enough. Mm-hmm. Speak to where translations come from and why they exist and and there's a common thought that how could you even believe the Bible? Isn't it just like it's been translated so many times, it's just completely forgotten out of its original, but it's just not the case. It's all these translations come from the the original sources, which are Greek and Hebrew and Aramaic. And people like the ESV. I know more about that mm-hmm. because I because I read it. But we're talking about a committee of of scholars that come together and build from the actual Greek and go back and forth and. There's a lot of contextual evidence on why they're picking the words that closely, in our common language, closely match up to what the Greek was or what the Hebrew was. So um, it's just so important to remember that when you read these versions, and NIV and, and American Standard included, when you're reading these, you're really getting a snapshot, a modern-day snapshot of what those, those scriptures actually meant and what they meant to say. Yeah, and, and you have these translation committees that don't take lightly the task ahead of them, and they labor over word, like a word, and they'll they'll yeah. rattle sabers over the w- word usage and how to. And so there is a translation philosophy that that is going to drive their final decision. There was one project that I don't even know how many years it took, but it was it's called the NET Bible, the New English Translation, and it was the I think it's the only open source. Uh, 
translation that we have. It was, I think, originally created uh, for missionaries in the field that were um, translating into local dialects and languages. And what this was is it was hundreds and hundreds of biblical scholars that they basically shared all their notes and they had kind of open conversation and dialogue about word usage and different things. And so you can now go to I think they have a website where you can see all of the footnotes and all of their discussions over word choice available to see kind of how they arrived at a certain word or mm. a phrase and how they decided to go about it. And you can even get it in a physical copy. You can get a copy of it with all of the notes included where um, it just pages and pages of footnotes if you really want to kind of dig into that. But for those that are listening, I know we have many listeners that, that don't believe in, in anything the Bible says. And we love that you guys are listening. Um, this is a non-exclusive podcast for sure. But for those that are, you that are listening, this is, this, this is very interesting, even to you. It's just a piece of human history. The fact that the Bible exists and the fact that the, the margin for error in what you read in the Bible is so tiny. I mean, it's like, Maybe mm-hmm. you know, Chad, there, there's only like two scriptures that have one word that's that's disputed, but each of those few times, those scriptures are not part of major doctrines. They don't change any of the major mm-hmm. ideas. There's, it's, the margin for error is so tiny. So here's the deal. When I say the original, we don't have the original from the hand of John or Mark, or Luke. We don't have those originals, but we have just a few decades after those yeah. originals. Yeah. And when we'll find, we, I say we as if I was part of the archaeological dig, but when when historians have found a piece of, say, the Gospel of John, uh, originally called the Gospel of Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ according to John, mm-hmm. we'll find a piece in one region and then a thousand miles, we'll find another piece written by another scribe who was, that's at the time, those are the guys that were recreating these. And it's the same, no margin of error. And it, it, we have like 6,000 of those from the, thousands of manuscripts crazy. from different time periods, locations, regions. The Dead Sea Scrolls played a big role in that where they uncovered this, basically a library that corroborated so much of what we understood and and it confirmed and when we compare the historicity of the bible to other ancient texts that we put a lot of stock in like anything from homer uh, or herodotus or others where we don't have the original copies of those either however we have hundreds of years or thousands of years removed from when those were written and yet we just we give them we we just assume that they're valid and true and and they were copied correctly and yet when you compare that to the amount of copies of manuscripts we have of the new testament alone and the proximity right within 10 years uh or you know 20 years or 30 years or whatever um and within a lifetime of when it was actually written so there are people there that can attest to when they when they receive one of these copies they can there are people alive that were able to go no i remember when that was first read. Exactly. And so that they could affirm and attest whether something was accurate and corroborate it. It's basically that we have so many of these these old copies, more 
thousands more than any other ancient document in history, in human history. We have yeah. more copies. And these are in museums. It's not like they're hidden somewhere. We're no, I mean, these are on display in museums. And um, it is fascinating, even for the non-believers, to think how this, these ideas and these scriptures and these words were preserved not by a small group in a, in a little castle, little monks, you know, but I'm talking thousands of, of square miles um, apart from each other as it, as it expanded outward. And every time it was without error or a tiny, tiny margin of error, um, all the way till, to this podcast question, the NIV or the American Standard or the ESV. Um, for those of the, the old school King, Jamer, King Jamesers out there, um, yeah, it's, it's just fascinating. I, I was a history major in college, and regardless of my faith, that is just fascinating mm-hmm. the, the, that we even, that's even in existence. It's, it has to be a God thing that, that's yeah. even here. Um, let's, let's grab one more. Um, what should I do? Personal problem. No real friends. Please read me. Need some advice. Any of those pop out to you? No real friends. No real friends. Granger, my husband and I have moved several times in different states. Long story, not military. We're currently living in Indiana, and we don't see ever moving again. The problem is we don't have that many real friends. We're in our 50s, and it feels like everyone we meet has an established friend circle, and there's just not room for us. We feel it's important to have a couple friends to be able to do things with. We've joined a couple small group classes at church, and everyone is interested in our story, but then it stops. We have a strong marriage, and we enjoy each other's company. It's just frustrating for us to always be alone. What do you think we should do? This is Rhonda from Columbus, Indiana. Hmm. I can relate to that. We've moved around a a few times and have experienced life in different stages, being the new family or the new couple and trying to figure out a way into pre-existing friendships. And it takes intentionality. It really takes uh, pursuing people that you enjoy and recognizing that, man, they're they're really dialed in and they have a sense of normalcy. And so new people, that, that can kind of rock the boat a little bit. But um, being intentional, pursuing yeah. friendship is a big deal. And rather than kind of sitting and waiting for it to happen, um, it yeah, it, it takes pursuit. And so finding those couples uh, or those families that you really, really enjoy – and want to get to know better and taking the initiative to invite them, uh, ask mm. them out for lunch after church or on a Friday night, invite them over and continue to just pursue them. And it will, I think it'll be reciprocated over yeah, time. Yeah, that's great. That's great, Rhonda. Um, it sounds like a little more time needs to go by. There's not, you haven't given us a time frame, but it sounds like a little more time needs to go by. And once you kind of establish not being the new couple in town anymore, a lot of these relationships will come from your neighbors on the same street. I think small group classes is a great um, opportunity for this. You don't say anything about kids, but a lot of times kids will bring their parents in and that the kids' friends will bring their parents in and that, that becomes a relationship. But I think Chad's right. If you guys hosted a barbecue at your house, even for just your street, or say you're your small group and just say, hey, could, we'd like to host um, a small group at our house. We're new here, mm-hmm. and we want to cook and, and bring everybody over. And um, I'd say one more thing would be it sounds like you are a churchgoer. You guys are involved in a local church. 
serve, uh, volunteer to serve uh, in different um, capacities at your church, and mm-hmm. you're going to get to serve alongside of other people that also uh, enjoy doing that. And you get to know people when you labor next to them. Uh, if there are any mission trips or um, yeah, outreach opportunities, do that, and you're going to meet other people that are doing that. And there's just something about getting to labor with somebody where you get to know them as Love you that. have activity with them. Rhonda, thank you so much. Uh, good luck to you. I want to give a couple shout-outs before we end this. Uh, Steve O'Garnum, Tommy Barr, Kayla Moore, um, Kyla Alcorn, Jody Bowser, Haley Robinson. These are just uh, some of the shout-outs that you guys have sent in. We, we love hearing from you. Love having you, Chad. It's good. I want to be friends with Granger, so I'm going to take my own advice. We're going to invite him over to supper. I'm going to see how <laughs> that plays out. Idea. All right, dude. Good to see you, brother. See you, brother. See you guys. Yeah. Yee-yee. Thanks for joining me on the Granger Smith Podcast. I appreciate all of you guys. You could help me out by rating this podcast on iTunes. If you're on YouTube, subscribe to this channel. Hit that little like button and notifications bell so that you never miss any time I upload a video. If you have a question for me that you would like me to answer, email Podcast at gmail.com. Yee-yee.